three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Emily. Oh, thank you so much. Um, just to introduce you to the audience, who do you say you are? Who I say I am? Um, I'm just a human being who messed up in my life and, and made a comeback. And, you know, now I use that kind of trial, failure and error to help others um, come back from their, their setbacks, essentially. And that's through popcorn. Hmm. I, I was reading a little bit about about your, um, I guess, how you you came into the popcorn. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How'd you decide on popcorn and just use it as a way to get get out of the um, the label that might have been placed on you? Yeah. So my setback was actually prison, and this was federal prison, and I ended up there after I'd gone on a trip with someone that I knew and trusted, and I found out that we had to bring drugs back, and you know. Of course, people are like, oh, well, why didn't you just not do it? And it's like, well, when you're in another country and you don't know anyone, you just kind of want to go home. So and I didn't also know like the repercussions. But even if I didn't know the repercussions, it doesn't matter. I still wanted to go home. Like, right. So it's um, when you're in another country, like there's not really much that you can do. And I just didn't want to put myself at any risk, any more risk because if I didn't comply and I didn't want to put my family at risk. So I just did it, failed horribly and then pled guilty to um, importing. And so in prison, um, you know, I, I realized how much food brought people together and how it brought a sense of community and calm and uh, collectiveness. And also it also brought out people's like anxieties of reentering the workforce and, you know, myself included, just because there is a lot of stigma. There is a lot of like non-belief in people's ability to thrive after prison, or there's just, you know, this cookie cutter image that people have in, in their minds about people that have been incarcerated. And so I, after getting to know so many people and, and knowing how I got there myself, I knew that, you know, we aren't bad people. We just were in a bad situation. And, you know, we also have to learn from these things and, and take responsibility for, you know, the things that we need to take responsibility for, which, which is essentially our, our future. And in my case, it was my substance use. So um, I took responsibility for that. And popcorn was a popular prison snack. And um, though, I mean, everything kind of was a popular prison snack, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to eat a lot. But um, we would um, like put different like combinations of spices on the popcorn, and I would always just like get different things off the canteen, like whether that was like a jar of peanut butter or like you know craft dinner. I'd get the cheese and put the cheese on on the popcorn, and, and I kind of like put two and two together. And I was like, why don't I start a start a company? Um, well, not just a company, but start a like a social enterprise, really, where I can employ myself because I know I'm capable of of doing good in the world, but also employ other people that have been incarcerated and kind of just crush, crush the stigma one. I like to say one kernel at a time. <laughs> I like that. I guess uh, yeah. I, I don't know too much about prison, but I, I don't want to linger on that too much, but I was just curious, sure. how did you come up with, with popcorn? Because I'd, I'd heard a, a, a podcast called um, Ear Hustle out yes. of um, yeah, San, San Quentin. And yeah. I really like a lot of the stories that they gave through it, like giving people a, like, having people be able to tell their stories and also giving people on the outside kind of an idea of what goes on on the inside. And it's like food 
from what I, I remember from a couple of episodes, isn't like the you don't have the best options, so to speak, depending on, on where you're at. But I guess it could be like a tier down from school lunches for people that ate school lunches. So yeah. I guess out of all the things that like the creative ideas and things like that. How did you guys, how did you land on popcorn or come across popcorn? Um, so popcorn was available for purchase through canteen. Um, you know, it was like a bulk bag of kernels, a little plastic bag like that for like a couple bucks or something. I don't know. And then because obviously, you know, prices are inflated in prison. So people, you know, the people that own the prisons or have owned the companies that provide food to the prisons can make money. <laughs> um but then also in federal prison in Canada, we um, I was in a medium unit and then eventually a minimum unit. So in those kinds of units, we actually have a, like a kitchen mm. and like a refrigerator. So we we get like a certain amount of food every week. And in these in these um, you know kind of food drop offs, we have a, like a little bit of choice into like what we want. Like say if you're vegetarian or whatever, you want cheese or like you know you can. But you have like a very limited budget. I think it's like thirty dollars worth worth of like twenty twenty two prices of food. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess and I, I guess it was 2018 at the time, but um, so you, you know you are pretty limited, but um, part of that selection of the grocery was like certain spices. You know, you could get like garlic or salt, pepper. You could get dill. You could get like, paprika, and they came in these little like they're already pre-portioned amounts, mm-hmm. <laughs> like little um containers. And so like I've always liked popcorn, but I also didn't want to like just put butter on it every time. You know, you're in prison, you have a little bit of exercise. I, I like to exercise and I like to be mindful kind of of what I eat. Like, you know, I, I like to eat junk food, but I also like to eat healthy most of the time and just to avoid like a, a binge or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's never good when you're in an environment where, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and limited exercise. Or something like that. So, um, yeah, I wanted to have a healthier option. And so I began to put the spices on it. Um, you know, I'd put like, you know, chili powder and salt or mm. chili powder and sugar. Um, I even put like sriracha sauce on it, like melted sriracha sauce and sugar, That's which different. is really good. Yeah. It was like a liquid version. Oh, and then I did a honey sriracha, which is like honey, just melted honey Yeah, and sriracha. And it was like, you know, you could, it didn't like last very long because it made it kind of wilted after a while, but it was still good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's kind of how I came across it. And I also knew that popcorn was like, everyone was familiar with popcorn. So it wouldn't be like I was bringing mm. this brand new food product into the world with this brand new idea. Right. Um, but prison reform wasn't really brand new. It had actually seen a lot of uh, forward action in the last, you know, five, six years. Mm. Right. Even like, you know, looking at the work of um, reform by like, you know, Meek Mill, Jay-Z, like you're starting to see a lot of influential people really making big, big changes and, you know, working with lawmakers and, and everything like that. So I think I was in prison at, at a good time where this reform was actually, you know, making sense right? Um, just because of the economic disparities and, you know, just like there's so many unfair factors that um, uh, disproportionately affect different groups that, that go to prison. Right. So, but that um, it's good to hear something positive come out of like a, a hard place where a lot of times it's like you, you you always hear the the scary stories or like you said, like being able to come out and then wonder, okay, like how do I get away from where I was before and kind of put myself in a, in a better situation or get around people to where they're not like labeling me and being like, oh, this, this is all I was, this is all I'd, I'd ever be. Um, I, I spoke with a friend of mine that, that I've known for a couple of years and he spent um, I think some of his adolescence in prison and he talked a lot about having 
like becoming a different person before he got out and, and just having like the different types of mind shifts. Like what, what was it like for you? Um, how did you view yourself differently from the time that um, you, you went or like since, since that, that period of, in your life? Yeah, I think I've always been a positive person, but I also needed to be like kind of pissed off at myself for a bit and be sad. And, and you know, you can't just be like, oh, everything's fine. It's going to be fine when you've actually, you know, impacted people's lives. Like my parents and my whole family, like they, they suffered a lot and they still did everything they could for me. But they are also like, they were very firm. Like they're just like, you know, Emily, we love you, but we can't deal with any more substance use. Like this is like literally the last straw. And that was like, that was kind of like what kicked me into gear. And, you know, you can either take feistiness for good or, or you can take this, you know, the energy that we have and, and the feistiness and I, you can use it for bad things or, or good things. And so I went in there just wanting to like fight for something and I not fight for in a bad way, not fight against it, but we're like fight with it, like spar with the system kind of thing. Mm. And I was like, cause I know that I can, I know that I'm not going to let this beat me because I know that I look back on the rest of my life instead of looking forward and pretending like the past didn't exist. I looked out back on the past and I was like, holy shit. Like, uh, Oh, sorry. I, swear, no, but you're I was fine. like, you're fine. I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not this shitty person that I say on a piece of paper, but sometimes you have to realize that you have hurt people and you have mm. to realize that you have to put an effort into repairing those relationships and you, they aren't handouts. Right. So it's, um, that's what, what also was part of my like success or I guess, you know, incremental success because I realized that it, that it was going to be possible, but I also had work to do and I had apologies I had to address and, and put work into and, you know, not have the, the victim mentality. So mm, that's powerful. I, um, oh, one sec. But I like what you said about not having the victim mentality, because mm. um, just given what's what's happened within the last few years around different countries around the world, so to speak, yeah. there's been more than enough excuses to say, OK, like things aren't going my way. Let me just pack my bags and go home or sit, sit in my room and complain. But, um, what, what's this year, what's 2022 been like for you? Uh, well, this year we've actually expanded a lot, not just in the kind of popcorn range, but in the mission range. So now I've been doing like a lot of talks at schools. Um, I've been doing, I've been working with like wardens and like, um, social innovation companies to kind of amplify and scale the mission, which is, you know, some, there's uh, one thing called, um, what's it called? Let me find it. I just kind of started working with a company called the John Howard Society, and it's called the Fair Chances Coalition. So this is basically you, you take the pledge as, as an organization to kind of give to imp, implement fair chance hiring, mm, right? Gotcha. So now because I'm going to be a partner with John Howard Society, I'm going to be able to help work with other corporations and get them to implement these fair chance hiring policies. Because even though we hire people within, we yeah. can hire everyone and we want to, right? So, right. It's, um, you know, it's kind of like, the, the difficulties of like building a business, small business, right? You, you barely hire yourself for the first time. <laughs> um, so you got to kind of, you know, still address the mission that you want to address through, through proof. And, you know, we have a great internal team, but also be able to, to scale it as well. And so I think working with other corporations and helping them implement better policies so that there, it's more even playing field. And I think that's definitely going to help. And, you know, working now, I've been working with um, organizations also in the U S now, we just kind of did a a partnership with Pivot Baltimore. Um, mm. So they're like a, a women-led um, charity that basically helps women coming out of prison in, in different ways through like workshops or, you know, assisted living or anything like that. Um, so it's great. So expanding it through through um, scale with other corporate organizations, because I think co corporations have a role to play. And mm. then also um, 
working with organizations, um, not-for-profits or philanthropic ones that help um, from, from in a grassroots way. Gotcha. I guess what what's a um, what's been one of the the highlights of the work that you've been able to do, or just some of the things you've been able to enjoy in your life this year? Um, I think well, I just got nominated for um, a Women of Empowerment Award, so that's like mm-hmm. a pretty heavy hitter award up in um, Toronto here, which is great because I've won I've won a um, finalist award for Outstanding Business Award, and then I also won um, Entrepreneur Entrepreneur of the Year category two years ago um, in my hometown Hamilton. So now I got nominated for an award in Toronto, which is awesome. Um, but also, I two two days ago was probably like a big highlight. I was in Kingston, Ontario, and they used to have a prison there. And they actually invited me up to do like a, a meet and greet. Um, and they, they like sell the popcorn in the shop now. So I think um, a lot of people are really interested in these um, in these reform initiatives and like seeing that people can do better. Like people want to see people do well. Yeah. Like I, um, I know there are like obviously lots of incidents that happen that have victims and, you know, the victims in this case, obviously want, you know, you want some sort of revenge or whatever. And that that's, you know, everyone has their own kind of way of dealing with how they've been harmed. Yeah. But um, I think for the most part, we um, we're starting to see lots more things called like restorative justice, which is like working uh, from the perpetrator and the victim. And sometimes there's no victim. So it's like, I think, but all in all, I think a lot of people really want to see people do better and people not, not to suffer. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's definitely going in the right direction. Have you, have you found yourself um, having an, an easier time with empathy, like being like more understanding of other people where like, if you're in a group, some people would be like, Oh, that person's an idiot. It's like, maybe. Um, you know, I think like I, I always had compassion, but I also was one of those people that never thought I'd be in prison. So mm-hmm. after this whole thing happened to me, I was, it really opened up my eyes to how many, how many different ways that people can become incarcerated, whether there's motive or, or not. Um, right. Usually what I learned was like with, especially women in prison, there's the only motive is, is f- financial or it's like, you know, consequences of, of horrible abuse, um, you know, intergenerational traumas. So there's so many underlying factors that really don't make anyone a criminal. They just want to survive. Yeah. And that, I guess with that, like how, how have you seen some, some of the different forms of reform actually work for people, like being able to work with some of the corporations, like, and knowing what goes on inside and kind of like, okay, Hey, maybe you should consider this or like, Oh, like they are, they're actually doing something and helping people and people are like, Oh, these guys are actually yeah. decent. Yeah. Um, so in Hamilton, like I've worked with a couple of stores that have been wanting to hire and like they're smaller stores. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a lot easier to work sometimes lately because I'm still learning a lot as well, how this goes. Like I am not by any means an HR professional, right? So I don't know <laughs> how that I am. I just want to help make the connection and start changing the mindsets. And then it's, it's really up to, um, you know, the person that wants the job and then also like the understanding of, of the employer, right? And I think- what that starts with is, is building a trust and, and not a judgment, like, like no judgment. Right. Like, so we right. have a couple of staff internally and they've, you know, struggled with, with certain things or sometimes they need reminders for stuff. And like, I need reminders for stuff. Right. So it's like, if you're struggling with something, a lot of companies will be like, we don't want to know. And that's, you're basically not allowed to, it's shamed if you, you know, even choose to use illegal drugs or whatever. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, like, you know, if, if people choose to use illegal drugs, it's because they're struggling with something, right? Or, or as I've also seen in like big fancy corporations, people do drugs just to party. So what's the mm-hmm. difference, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And so I think just being open and having that open kind of conversation and instead of like having your business being like, Oh, I'm the boss and you're here. Like I just, we're all like on the same like level playing field and, and um, yeah. And then I've also seen my friend, uh, Sherry Garcia. So as an mm-hmm. example, she's actually out near you. She's in Texas. Okay. Um, she has a whole organization called cornbread hustle. Mm-hmm. And she had kind of like, you know, some incidents with the law back when she was younger and issues with addiction. And so she started an entire, um, an entire agency based off um, like a recruitment agency that works specifically with people that have been incarcerated and, and helps find them placements. So um, what she does, she does amazing work and I kind of like study what she does. And so we can help, you know, implement those things internally. And then I can teach them to other people as well. So gotcha. yeah, check it out. Cornbread hustle. I like that. I, I guess cornbread is definitely one of those uh, Southern staples and it just seems like uh if you do something good with food, you can usually reach people because it's like everybody eats and you make something good. Everyone's you're usually willing to not everyone, but a lot of people are willing to just open up their heart a little bit if their stomachs are fed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's um, I guess quick story. I, I remember visiting um, Belize. I visited earlier this year, but like maybe four years ago, I, I went for the first time and was, yeah. Oh wow! I've always wanted to go there. Was it nice? It's, yeah, it's very nice. Like they've they've got it um, split up where you can land on the mainland, and then there are a couple islands that are more touristy. But some of the locals live there as well. But one of the guys was telling us that, like, for their reform program, like I'm sure everywhere does it a little bit differently. But at least for their program, it's like they have if you want to go to school, if you want to like work towards a degree. And things like that, that's something that's made available to you. But oh, like really? In Belize? You, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but oh. it's like you have to want to do it. And it, it yeah. kind of reminded me similar to what um, someone else had said. It's like the the opportunity sometimes can be there, but you have to be willing to maybe do something on your own time and kind of like get out of your own way for a minute, depending yeah. on either how you got there usually isn't always. In, I mean, it. It is important, but I guess for the sake of this example, it's it's like it's good to recognize where you're at and then think about how you can get yourself out of there rather than just being like, okay, I'm in a hole. Yeah. Then like the sun goes down, the sun comes up and you're like, I'm in a hole. And it's like, okay, well, you're in a hole. So you either need to find a ladder, call out to somebody, like look around, see what you can see to to make your way out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw like so many people to like do well after prison, like just cause we got a lot of us stay in touch, right? Like a lot of them like really want to see their kids again. So they're like, all right, I know I have to stay sober mm-hmm. and it's just so, so great. Um, I see a lot of people like get through, like do really successful recoveries, but I know that they, there's still a gap to help with like um, find, finding work for yeah. sure. So I guess, I, I mean, for, I guess what could you say why why is work so important for you? Like why why was that such a, a big thing? Like for me, I, I guess um I don't have a similar background, but like I I worked for a bit, like coming out of school about six years and then kind of took a break right before the pandemic. And just from being burnt out and just being like, uh, maybe I I don't need to work for a bit. But then after a while, it was like I needed to go back to work to actually like do something meaningful, whether it was working with my hands or just being around people, even being introverted. It's like, oh, there's value here. It's not like 
this yeah. it's not like the um i don't i don't know if they call it the c-suite deal where you're just in a high rise but like no you're working in a store or you're out in the middle of somewhere on your hands and knees like looking at dirt yeah, or something like things. that for me i love i love learning i've i've always been a very curious person you know so there's like very few places that i won't go or explore you know like um I'll go cave, I'll go caving, right? I'll go to a farm and like milk a cow. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll, do I'll do like different kinds of crafts. I'll try, I'll go to a sushi making class, right? It's mm. like, I'll try different things, you know? I'll, and that's why when I went to prison, I wasn't afraid because I knew that it was just all humans and I would, I would learn something about myself, about the culture and what I wanted to change. And, you know, like I, I've always found beauty in um, like exploring and seeing what brings people like actual happiness. And so that's why I haven't been like that, a, concerned about like making millions of dollars because I saw, I've seen so many people that are miserable like that. Yeah. And so when you actually do work that helps create things for the better and you see change in others or and how you change people's lives, like every, every other day I'm getting like a message or an email of how, how I'm helping people. And that is like the most richest feeling in the world. And so I guess that that's, that's why I do it. And um, that's, I think that's just how we are mostly as humans. We're, we're kind, like we're, I think we're built to help others. Yeah. And we're also, built to, we're also built to kind of need help from others. So um, no one's gotten anywhere without the help of anyone else. Right. And so I think that's kind of how we have to have to look at things and yeah, that's kind of why I did. And it was also lived experience. It was something that no one could tell me. I didn't know what I was talking about because mm. I was there. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm very aware of who I was when I got there, what I had before, what I have now and what prison was like. And when you have a lived experience like that, no one can take it away from you. So, yeah. Great point. Great point. So I guess what, what's, um, what's something you're looking forward to in this year? I know you, you mentioned earlier being able to go hang out with some friends. (laughs) Well, I think I'm just, I don't know if I really look for things. I think I just fall into them. Hmm. Um, But with the growth of the, this venture, um, and the impact that it's having, I know that good things are going to happen. And um, like now that I'm done my parole, I can actually leave the province. So I'm I definitely want to do more travel and like um, volunteer with more organizations. You know, eventually I want to go to prisons around the world and and you know meet with them or, or help them in, in any way that I can. Yeah. And yeah, because obviously it's not just Canada. It's not just the U.S. Like there there are horrible things happening in prisons all over the world and people need our help and people also need to believe in themselves. And sometimes they, they don't get that belief because they either don't have a supportive system or they've just been beaten down their whole life. So there's little ways where you can like, you know, um, just help others and, and help yourself. And I think that's the key to true happiness really. I guess what, what's one way people that are listening could actually help say their local prison or, or just, even be mindful of the people that are in your neighborhood and and not look down on people and just be like, Oh, that person was this, or that person did that. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on, because there's so many different ways that we can like change our our mindset, but like say it can even start with reading an article in the newspaper about a crime. You know, there's always two sides to every story and the media often alters or enhances those stories so that they get written, even though a lot of it might not be true. And you never hear the other side of the story and you never hear what that person's life was like. You just hear about what they did wrong. So think twice about what you're reading in in the media. And if you're a business owner or if, you know, obviously some crimes are just crimes and that's the way that it is when you see vandalism or whatever, Um, there are crimes that are just destined to hurt other people. 
and it's you never really know like i think there's things like that and then there's like other crimes that are like maybe around drugs or um like financial issues whatever so it's like think of think of like maybe what that person's life was was before or if you don't know it don't assume that they did it for the they did it for anything other than survival and that is a lack in society that's society's fault that's not actually a personal fault i don't think yeah true that makes sense like you said before just be be willing to be open but don't be naive and try to do some research read about prison reform read the facts read scholarly articles written from newspaper or not newspaper university um academic newsletters right so right right make sure you're getting information from the right source and mm-hmm. try, try to learn like how always have a learning learning mindset makes sense how, how can people get in touch with you whether it's online or offline just to either learn more um, about what you're doing and and different things like that yeah sure so i can be reached at emily at comebacksnacks.com i can type it in the box for you. and then um also i just on comeback snacks on instagram or comeback snacks on tiktok Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, at, there we go. Got it. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure having you.